here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, if not longer than that. Under promise, over deliver. That's what we do here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and we're proud to be here with you on Thursdays in the second hour of the broadcast featuring the Fantasy Football Power Hour with myself and Mr. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com. Always a pleasure having Mike on the show to speak on fantasy football. Whether you play daily or you're inside of a league like the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge where we have four leagues in Central New York that are at the Wildcat Sports Pub and then a league that's down in the great state of Central Florida, which is how Mike and I met. Whatever you're doing, however you're connecting, we appreciate you connecting with us. So thank you so much for being a part of of the show, and we appreciate it very much. So proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in the Penn and Trophy Center. We are inside of Week 14. It is time for us to give us our to give you our thoughts, and I'm excited about this opportunity today because the Thursday night football game that we get to watch is the Jacksonville Jaguars on national television, and they didn't move this game or change this game, probably because they're playing Tennessee, because for some reason the Titans are supposed to be on Monday night football and whatnot. But the Jaguars are at the Titans. It's NFL Week 14. You're most likely inside of your playoffs or about to head into your playoffs if you're in a league. So good luck and God bless with all of that. We're going to help you navigate through this one. Mike, how are we doing today? Awesome. I'm freezing down here. You know, it might be, it might get to, it might be 70 degrees today. It was so cold, I had to put on long pants. (laughs) You poor thing. I feel so bad for you. You can come up and shovel my driveway if you'd like. Only if I can wear shorts. You can always wear shorts and sandals and shovel my driveway. There's no problem with that. (laughs) So... (laughs) So with that being said, Tennessee, and, and it is a little bit, you know what? I will say that Florida had perfect weather while I was down there the last few days. Absolutely tremendous weather because I could wear I could wear a sweatshirt at night. I could wear jeans in the morning. There was a little bit of a breeze. So there was there was nothing wrong with by any stretch of the imagination. The weather was was perfection. I got to wear shorts and a t-shirt during the day. And then after that, it was kind of you know, it was, you know, you can put on the sweatshirt, you can relax in the sweatshirt. So I have no complaints whatsoever. I thought the weather was, was very nice down there. So, you know, I appreciated my time and this is like the perfect time to go down because it's warm enough, but it's still cool. So I'll, I'll enjoy that for the next uh, couple weeks that I get to come down as well. And we're going to start with the team that is inside of the great state of Florida, but they're not going to be playing there. And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans, Mike. They're on the road in this big time matchup. The Jaguars still have a fighting chance in this thing, believe it or not, to try and make a wild card berth. It's it's a long road, but they still have a road that they could get to eight and eight. They're playing the Titans, who have been a team that, just like in the last two years, has made absolutely no sense. They win games they're not supposed to. They lose games where you scratch your head a week after they won a big game. What do you think about the Jaguars at the Titans? Wow, this is going to be something else. And I think that, you know, for the Jaguars' hopes that this is a game Tennessee better win and should win. And you're right. This is a game they may lose because – they should win the game, and they beat people they shouldn't beat. Look, Tennessee is a little bit of a wreck right now. Jacksonville's been a train wreck, and I hate to burst your bubble, Dan, but 
you know, the bottom line is this is like dumb and dumber with the with the asking the girl, is there a chance? And she's like less than one percent. He's like, oh, you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Like, yeah. They have to win out and then they need help. And it's just bad. I mean, they, it's so bad that they've said, Cody Kessler, you're going to be our starter for the foreseeable future. And we know we're bad. I mean, that's how bad it is. This is a team that's going to be mired with change. Clayus Campbell may have to take a pay cut if he comes back. They're probably going to lose both safeties. They got salary cap stuff coming up with uh, Tayshawn Gibson and uh, Barry Church. And let's face it, things have been bad. So they're probably going to have to decide whether they draft a quarterback or bring a free agent quarterback in. So they're just answering questions. Everybody's playing for their own salary. Everybody's playing for their jobs for next year because the roster is going to be flipped a little bit in Tennessee. Not so much. They know they've gone, they've been going through changes and now they're starting to grow. So I think Tennessee does have the advantage. I am going to take Tennessee in this game. And I don't think you can play Cody Kessler. Uh, you know, he's, he's bottom end quarterback. I don't think you're going to be doing that. Marcus Mariota, chances are if he's your quarterback, you're not in the playoffs or you don't have a fighting chance to get in the playoffs, but he's my number 21 ranked quarterback. Now, running back, this is where there's a little bit of a difference. Leonard Fournette, when he's on the field and healthy and not boxing on the sidelines or punching people on the sidelines and getting thrown out of games and suspended, he's a number 10 running back this week. Sorry to be so hard on you, Leonard, but it was just an uncalled for situation. You ruined a lot of fantasy a lot of fantasy years this year, Leonard, with the injury and everything. So I'm just taking out a little frustration on you there. Deion Lewis, I'm not sure you can really start him as a one maybe as a flex this week. He's the number 35 running back on my rankings. And you know what? I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be much better, so I don't even know if I'm playing Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, running back-wise, it's obvious the Jaguars have the better talent, okay? Now, receiver-wise, this is where the difference is because Corey Davis has been stepping up a little bit. He's the number 27th-ranked receiver on my rankings this week. And Jacksonville, you just never know who the guy is going to be. It's probably going to be Moncrief. If it's anybody, I'll put my money on him, but not enough to play any of the receivers from Jacksonville. Moncrief's the highest-ranked receiver I have for Jacksonville, and he's ranked number 55 on my rankings. And, you know, t tight end – it's really not nothing to write home about on either side of the ball, except John U. Smith has been improving. He's a number 18 tight end on my rankings this week. So, again, I'm going to go with the home team in Tennessee here over Jacksonville tonight. And I find it uh, interesting that we've actually split because John and Jordan always put their picks in, uh, obviously, for Thursday night. We do our picks live on FML Friday morning live video and audio on Friday's episode of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, but they obviously have to get their Thursday ones in beforehand, so we've split. Mike and John have gone with the Titans. Jordan and I are going with the Jaguars. As far as fantasy value for these guys, I would like to tell you Leonard Fournette is a guy that's you know worth putting out there, but it's, it's, it's his smarts. Is he going to make the right decisions? Is he going to keep himself out of trouble? Is he going to do what he's supposed to do? That is, you know, These are all question marks. I would like to think that he's learned his lesson, and I do think he's worth the play. The man had almost 100 yards rushing, and he had two touchdowns against Buffalo before he decided to be an idiot. So I would think that Leonard Fournette is worth the play for you in this one. Really, that's the only Jaguar that I would lean on. The defense and special teams I would play as well. On Tennessee's side of things, I would look to potentially Jonu Smith, but I don't think it's going to be for a lot of yards. I think it might be for a few few yards on a touchdown pass. 
Corey Davis. Eh, you know, it's Antonio Brown was played well by Jalen Ramsey. I don't know. Corey Davis and Taiwan Taylor are really going to blow it up. These guys, if you have to go deep in flex, hopefully you don't have to go to them or Deion Lewis. The, I would say John U. Smith, the tight end, is probably your best bet for Tennessee, but he's a low end too. And for Jacksonville, it's Leonard Fournette, and it's the defense and special teams. Next game that we have up on the docket, the Jets at the Bills. Thoughts on this one, Mike? Oh, this is a rough one. Thank God I don't have to watch this one. You know, <laughs> Buffalo has been a The people up here cannot say the same thing that you just said. They have to watch <laughs> this game on CBS. <laughs> You know, this this is a game you're not going to find a lot of fantasy value in either. However, it may be entertaining to watch. I'm sure the weather is going to be bad. So, you know, it's fun to watch games in cold, snowy weather, blistering weather. So, you know, it's not so much fun to play in the real cold, but in a way it is fun. Anyway, I'm, I, quarterback-wise, I really don't think you can rely on either quarterback in this game, unfortunately. My, my apologies to the fans of of Josh Allen but I think the Jets D is going to have your number in this game but he is the number 20th ranked quarterback on my ranking and on the uh, on the other side of the ball for the Jets I, I just I think Sam Darnold may be making his way back to the field but again he's not a guy you can really rely on and part of that is because Buffalo's defense has stepped up a little bit too recently as a matter of fact I like Buffalo's defense a lot they're one of my top three defenses this week so if you're trying to get into the playoffs or if you're in the playoffs and maybe you have a Chicago who I have more as a mid-ranked you know, defense this week, you know, maybe you have room on your bench. You could drop somebody and pick up Buffalo for this week because I think they're going to do good against Sam Darnold because he tends to throw a lot of interceptions when he is on the field. Running back-wise, I'm not sure that there's really a, an outstanding play here. Isaiah Crowell's maybe and also ran in my mind a Trenton Cannon or an Elijah McGuire. I don't think either one of those guys are worth playing at all. Buffalo's got a guy in LaShawn McCoy. He's, you know, Mr. Consistent. He's the one guy that always seems to show up and be able to make something out of nothing. He's the number 24 ranked running back on my rankings this week. And receiver-wise, I just don't see it, although Zay Jones has stepped up in the recent past. Number 42 receiver on my rankings this week. And for the Jets, they're still... You know, trying to find an identity, trying to find a guy. Is it going to be a new uh, Anderson, Curse, uh, Rashard Matthews, relatively new in the fold? I don't think you can count on any of those guys. The one guy they do have that you can kind of count on is Chris Herndon. In that John U. Smith area of tight ends, number 17 on my rankings this week. And for Buffalo, not so much. Charles Clay just hasn't been able to get it done. He, he missed on a poorly thrown ball last week that should have been a touchdown near the front of the end zone wasn't able to come back forward enough but you know I don't think you're to find a lot of fantasy value it could be a fun cold weather game to watch though in that regard I am going to go with the home team in Buffalo in this game how about the fact that Josh Allen is the leading rusher two weeks in a row for the Buffalo Bills he had nine carries for 135 yards against Miami 15 yards a carry he was the leading running back against the Jaguars a week before as well. So if you're in this game, I mean, hopefully you're not in this position that you would have to do something like this. But, you know, for Buffalo, it's not a bad idea to play Josh Allen. But I want to go to injuries first. New York Jets had Quincy Inunua limited with an ankle injury, questionable. Isaiah Crowell is questionable as well. Josh McCown is questionable in the game. And outside of that to the Buffalo Bills, 
taking a look at what they have on their injury report really quick here. Uh, really nothing to write home about whatsoever that's going to affect your fantasy team. So for the Jets, first and foremost, Sam Darnold, obviously, he's been hampered by injury. I wouldn't put him out there. Uh, the wide receiver group just hasn't looked good by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, Chris Herndon, low end, tight end two. I don't like anybody on the Jets besides that. For Buffalo, like I said, it's Josh Allen. The last time that the, the, these teams went up against each other, it was ugly for the New York Jets. It was embarrassing for the New York Jets. And so we go back to that game that the Bills won 41-10 to on the road, and they had different quarterbacks. They had Matt Barkley and Logan Thomas. Josh Allen is better than both of those guys, in my opinion, and he can run the ball. So Josh Allen is not a bad fantasy play this week because he's been the leading rusher on the team two weeks in a row, and he can throw touchdowns. So... I'm not against saying that you should put Josh Allen out there on your roster. LaShawn McCoy, not a bad play. I still think he's a running back two or three because his numbers aren't that high. And Zay Jones isn't a bad flex. I've been telling you about Zay since he came out of East Carolina. He's finally starting to show a little bit of life. Hopefully that'll stay consistent. So I would say Zay, LaShawn, and Josh Allen aren't bad plays for you. And and Mike, again, who did you pick in this one? I'm going to take Buffalo. And I will second you with taking the Buffalo Bills at home as Josh Allen seems to be giving them some life. Panthers at the Browns. You would think that this game would be one-sided for Carolina, but Carolina is floundering, and the Browns are in a lot of games this year, and even if they're not winning them, the Cleveland Browns are on the precipice of being a not-so-bad team. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it's an interesting game. I, you know, I can't explain what the Panthers are doing. They seem to be on a losing streak. I think they're four in a row now, and you know, there's just no excuse for it. They got some talent on the field. They do have somewhat of an excuse in the wide receiver department. With all that being said, you know, with the turmoil in the Browns, even though they're exciting to watch and they got some exciting young talent, I have to go with Carolina. Uh, just, just too much talent on the other side of the ball here. What I mean is Cam Newton, even though this, you know, the Cleveland defense has improved a little bit, Cam Newton's still the number eight quarterback on the rankings this week. And Baker Mayfield, as entertaining as he is to watch, you got to be a realist in this one. There is some softness on one side of the field in the Carolina secondary, so he may have some success. But Baker Mayfield's the number 18 quarterback on my rankings this week. The value for both sides of the ball here is with the running backs. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, number four running back on my rankings this week, and Nick Chubb not far behind as the number eight running back. You know, they said they were going to make a concerted effort to try to get uh, Duke Johnson more involved in the offense. I don't think he's worth the play. I don't think you can do anything there. And you know what? On Carolina, I don't think there's anybody else besides CMC that they want to have running the ball. So that's obviously your guy there. On, uh, and receiver, this is where there's a little bit of a difference. Jarvis Landry seems to be playing well, but he's their number one option, but he still isn't checking any higher than number 25 on my ranking this week. I know Rashard Higgins and Antonio Callaway make some big plays now and again, but you can't count on big plays. Those are bonuses. That's the, the whipped cream and the cherry on the top. That's the gravy on the mashed potatoes. That's all bonus stuff there. You got to stick with the guy that's going to get the targets and that's going to be Jarvis Landry. On the other side of the ball, the guy getting the targets is DJ Moore. And look out at the tight end position. Oh, oh! before I pass up on the rest of the wide receivers, 
Curtis Samuel seems to be stepping up his game. Now, I don't think you can start him, but he might be a flex for you in a PPR situation. And D- DJ Moore is checking in as the number 26 wide receiver on my rankings. He just lost Greg Olson to a, 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 a rupture problem in his foot with the uh, uh he had the plantar fasciitis problem, and he, he's just done. He's done for the year again. So, again, Greg Olson, probably not your fault, but thank you once again for being out all year. You're usually the number one target in Carolina, but once again, you're out just about all year. Ian Thomas is going to step up, and look for this to be a surprise. Ian Thomas, Cleveland gives up the ninth most points to tight ends in fantasy this year. So maybe Ian Thomas is that one dark horse guy you play in fantasy to get the value in the daily leagues. I'm not sure he's going to take your team to the promised land or the playoffs if you're trying to get in or if you're trying to get past the first round here. On the other side of the ball, though, David Njoku's been, you know, a constant. He's been a top 10, maybe top end tight end two. This week he's number eight tight end on my rankings this week. So again, he should stay consistent and continue to put up some solid numbers, David and Joku. And again, I'm going to go with Carolina on the road in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, I, I think that this game is this is obviously going to uh, be an interesting game because of the fact of, of where Cleveland is trying to go and where the Panthers are kind of falling and, and dipping out here. As, as the season moves forward, you know, Carolina, Cam Newton has an injury to his shoulders, left him questionable, and you know that Greg Olson wasn't the Greg Olson that we all know this season. He came in injured. He stayed injured. He went out injured. He's on injured reserve now. Duke Johnson Jr. hasn't really panned out at all for Cleveland in their time. He is the catching running back, but they don't throw to him enough. And then David Njoku has a knee injury that's left him questionable. So as far as who to play in this one in Cleveland, Cam Newton's not a bad play, but he's a quarterback too, in my opinion. Hopefully you have somebody better this week, especially in your playoffs. Christian McCaffrey is worth the play. There's really nobody else on Carolina that I would lean on, especially in a dire situation right now. Devin Funches hasn't really come out to be what he should be. DJ Moore stepped up as far as rising in the depth chart, but still trying to find his place. Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State hasn't done much of anything. Torrey Smith's been injured. So Christian McCaffrey's really the guy to go with on Carolina. As far as Cleveland goes, Baker Mayfield, not a bad play. He's a quarterback, too, in this game, though. I don't know if this is the guy that you lean on. I don't think it is. I would choose Josh Allen over him because Josh Allen's playing the Jets. Nick Chubb, obviously, is worth the play in this game. Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway are flex options, in my opinion. And David Njoku, low-end one, high-end two if he's healthy enough to play. So, really, it's the Christian McCaffrey against the Nick Chubb game, in my opinion, when it comes to Cleveland and the Panthers going up against each other. I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers as well. I'm going to lean on them in this game, but I hope it's a good one. Falcons at the Packers. My, how the mighty have fallen. And I'm not talking about Matt Ryan and the Falcons, who didn't look that pretty in recent history. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. They don't have Mike McCarthy. They fired him. Aaron Rodgers and this Green Bay Packers team is all kinds of a mess right now. And they sit right now in their standings in the NFC North, believe it or not, folks, in third place out of four only because they have a tie. They're 4-7-1. and one. The Lions are 4-8. and eight. They're behind the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. This NFC North division of the last few seasons has been one of the most fun to watch because the standings are changing. 
the the tide is turning, and that's always something exciting to see when it's not just one team all the time. So with that being said, Mike, what do you have for the Falcons at the Packers? Well, I think the Packers situation is a lot worse off than you described with the firing of Mike McCarthy. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Winston Moss, uh, another coach on the team there, sent out a cryptic tweet about how nobody else in the building has the courage to stand up to number 12 and demand that he take responsibility for the losses on this team and yada, yada, yada. Well, he was quickly fired. And they said the reason why he was fired is he wasn't the right fit. The man's been there since 2006. It was about the tweet. It was all about the tweet. If one guy's tweeting, there's problems with Aaron Rodgers. More than one guy's feeling it. So I think there's some, there's some problems with the whole Mike McCarthy staff there. Look for some big changes in coaching because they're not going to change Aaron Rodgers. Look for all that to happen within the next year for next year's season. So it would be a surprise to me if Green Bay was able to make that run in the playoffs. That being said, they're, they're having challenges in their secondary. And one of the only teams that has an equal problem in their secondary is the Falcons. So it comes down to me, the quarterback. Are you going to take Aaron Rodgers at home or are you going to take Matt Ryan on the road in the cold? A southern team that plays in a dome. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers and I'm going to take Green Bay to win this game for that same reason. Now, Aaron Rodgers, number six quarterback on my rankings this week. Matt Ryan, because of those deficiencies in the Green Bay secondary, he's going to be the number 11 quarterback this week. Now, of course, you can always count on a couple guys from each one of these teams to put up some fantasy numbers. One of those guys is Aaron Jones, number six running back, and he can catch the ball as well. That's the departure of Ty Montgomery, and he's buried deep somewhere on the Baltimore depth chart. On the other side of the ball, Tevin Coleman is the, the primary guy with Devonta Freeman still out. That Tevin Coleman checks in as a number 29 running back on my rankings, and in PPR, he could be bumped up a little higher than that due to his proficiency to catch the ball. This is a guy that I had faith in would be a number one on most teams. He's just not capable of carrying the full number one load. He needs somebody like Devonta Freeman there because Edo Smith isn't cutting it. It does make him better when he doesn't have to be the guy getting all the touches. You know, Julio Jones is a consummate professional. I know he's low on on the TDs this year, but for yardage, for targets, this is the guy you want. Number seven wide receiver on my rankings this week. And the only guy that can outdo him on the field is on the other side, Devontae Adams. Number two wide receiver on my rankings this week. And, you know, I'd like to tell you that Valdez Scanling is still holding his own, but he's dropped down recently with the addition back to the roster of Randall Cobb. I'd like to say that Calvin Ridley is a guy you can count on, but he was a touchdown machine early in the season, but I'm not sold that he's that guy anymore. He's a flex at best at number 34 on my rankings. And Jimmy Graham, if that thumb is healthy, he's going to be healthy enough maybe to get some red zone targets, big hands, big target in the red zone. Look for him as the number 11 tight end this week. And Austin Hooper, He's right next to him, number 12 tight end this week. So there is some fantasy points out there. This will be a good game to watch for fantasy points. I think there's going to be some scoring, a lot of passing, a lot of fantasy points, and I'm going to still take the Packers at home. Yeah, you know, this game is – this is a tough one to pick when you look at the prediction-wise of what could happen in this matchup. 
It's it's not an easy game because you would think that the mentality is right now with the Green Bay Packers within their the confines of their front office is, hey, we just fired Mike McCarthy, so we better win at all costs. We're at home. We cannot lose this game. We cannot look like we made the wrong decision. We have to win this game. The Falcons are on a four-game losing streak. The Green Bay Packers are awful. So this game is, I mean, this is an ugly game. We're looking at a three-game losing streak for the Packers, a four-game losing streak for the Atlanta Falcons that are bringing us into this game in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So that being said, on the Atlanta side, Julio Jones with a foot injury, Calvin Ridley with a hand injury are both questionable to be in the game. Outside of that, Randall Cobb, hamstring injury has left him questionable, which could help out Marquez Valdez-Scantling in this one. So that being said, Matt Ryan is worth the play because it's Green Bay's defense. Tevin Coleman's worth the play because it's Green Bay's defense. Ito Smith is a sneaky flex this week because I think he might have himself a game. I think he might be able to break some and get a touchdown or two. So Ito is not a bad play to kind of sneak in there. Julio Jones, if he's healthy enough to go, is worth the play. Austin Hooper is worth the play. As Mike and I said, this was his put-up-or-shut-up year in Atlanta, and he's put up. Aaron Rodgers on the other side, hard to say no to him. you got to put him out there. Aaron Jones has been doing pretty well. He's worth the play as well. Low-end running back two, running back high-end running back three. Devontae Adams, the best bet for you on Green Bay. Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Randall Cobb are flex guys for you, and I don't like the tight end position for Green Bay. This is a very difficult game for me to pick, but I don't think the bleeding stops here. I'm picking the Atlanta Falcons. Ravens at the Chiefs. What do you have for this, Mike? Yeah, this should be an interesting game for the fact that Lamar Jackson doesn't usually throw the ball, but he may be able to throw the ball. And when I mean not usually throw the ball, I mean he's not a 300-yard passing guy. He's 100 yards on the ground and 100, 150 in the air, maybe a touchdown or two. That may flip-flop here, and he may get more, uh, substantially more passing yards against the Chiefs defense that, although they're improving, still has some deficiencies, especially in their secondary. Look, the Chiefs are solid at home. They've been a solid team all year. The, 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 the Ravens are the Ravens. They play good defense. They try to ground and pound, run the ball. Uh, no success in passing the ball in the recent past year, but that may change in this game. You know, Patrick Mahomes, number one fantasy quarterback all year, one of the top fantasy players, great story, uh, Andy Reid system, using his strengths, and, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is an excellent quarterback, so he's number one, of course. Lamar Jackson, number 13 quarterback on my rankings this week. Again, I look for him to have the continued success running the ball, but I look for him to have more success throwing the ball in this game than he has in the past, in these last three games, which he's won. You know, and it, this is a decision. It's not, it, I, to my knowledge, it hasn't really been announced that he's going to be the starter this week. Flacco practicing on a limited basis through yesterday. and But I think the smart move is to keep Lamar Jackson out there, go with the hot hand right now, because let's face it, Flacco hasn't been wowing people before the injury. On uh, running back-wise, Gus Edwards has been getting it done for for the Ravens, and he looks real good. So good they ended up, uh, you know, putting Alex Collins on IR. Now I know, you know, a lot of guys uh, sometimes they'll make a guy play through an injury, but 
you know, and it looked like they were going to make Alex Collins play through this injury, but with the emergence of Gus Edwards, that wasn't necessary. I don't think you can count on him as a elite running back, but he is the number 15 running back on my rankings this week. And of course, we all know the situation with Kareem Hunt. Everybody ran out, jumped on Spencer Ware last week right away. And Spencer Ware, you know, he let some people down for their expectations. Their expectations were Kareem Hunt type expectations. Spencer Ware is not Kareem Hunt. He's a lot like Kareem Hunt, but he's not Kareem Hunt. Okay, Spencer Ware, number 20 running back on my rankings. And he's going to get some of those carries and touches taken away by Damian Williams. But I don't think he can really count on Damian Williams to start in your lineup. Maybe if you're in a, in a super flex league that has multi-flex positions or what have you, he's checking in in the 40s on my ranking this week. Kansas City, they're getting it done through the air and through gadget plays, jet sweeps and so forth with Tariq Hill, fastest guy in the NFL. This is a guy that's number six on my wide receiver rankings. And Baltimore, not so much. Their best receiver or their number one in their mind is Crabtree. And I don't think you can start him at any receiver position this week or until we start seeing some of that substantial difference in Lamar Jackson's passing game. We will know tonight. I'm a wait-and-see guy. I don't go, well, maybe let's throw the dice. I'm a, well, he's done it here. He's done it there. He projects to do it there. He hasn't done it yet. So I can't play any Baltimore receivers. And in the same respect, I don't even know if I can play a Baltimore tight end. But I do know the tight end to play in this game. That's Travis Kelsey. He's going to be the number one target on the field. Travis Kelsey, number one tight end on my rankings this week. This should be a good one for fantasy points for KC fans, of course. Some surprises for Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards fans. But I still have to take Kansas City at home. Yeah, this game is, uh, it's funny, it's the Priest-Holmes game. If you remember that, Priest-Holmes was a running back for Baltimore as well as Kansas City. So I I, I call this the Priest-Holmes game because he wore both jerseys at running back. And speaking of running back, who would, might have the mighty have fallen? Last season, Kareem Hunt as a rookie had over 1,700 yards from scrimmage. This year, he's lethal. This year, Kansas City's in first place of the AFC. This year, Kansas City has a chance to make the Super Bowl. Mike, to take a step aside here for a second, how insane is this in fantasy and reality that one of the best point performers and best players on any offense on any one of the 32 teams went from, hey, guess what? He might have done something back in February we didn't tell you about, to he's on the exempt list, to, oh, by the way, we just released him and he's not on the team anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. You don't normally see stuff like this, but you know it happens. And and I think the reason why they chose to part ways with him so rapidly is the video and how damaging that was. You know, I know there's been some other accusations, but my question is this: Tyreek Hills had a situation for a couple of years. He just got off probation for the same thing. So I think the difference may have been, from what I understand from the reports I've seen, that. Tyreek Hill's situation was more uh, uh, clear. This situation, apparently he lied to the club and lied to several other people, and there's been some other instances with some questions. Then this video comes out and shows what he did, and it just it's a bad situation. And, and part of this I put to the, to the crew that these guys hang out with. Look, a lot of these guys live by that creed. Don't forget where you came from. Bring your boys with you. They all have their posse 
with them. They're all on the payroll. This is why these guys are broke coming out of the league. They're spreading wealth with their boys, and I, I get it. You're going to need somebody that you have to pay $1,000 to make you a ham sandwich. I get it. You're going to have to have a guy that carries the gun when you go to the club. I get it. You're going to have to have the guy that carries the weed when you go to the club. I get it. You're going to have to have the guy that hustles up the girls. But these guys aren't protecting you. These guys are just as dumb as you for all this stuff. Cut ties with the people that are bringing you down. I know you can't forget where you came from, but you can't go back to where you were. You have to go to the future. And your future was cream on any NFL and for any ballers that are out there I'm not telling you anything they're not telling you any symposiums for the rookies in the NFL put the people around you that make you better if you're in the room and you're the richest guy in the room you're in the wrong room if you're the smartest guy in the room you're in the wrong room you need to take your game to the next level when you're in the NFL and that goes for your emotion and that goes for what happens off the field his crew, his posse, and Kareem Hunt didn't defuse this situation and stop it from happening. It looked in the video like they were trying to stop it, but they weren't successful. They weren't successful in the other alleged incidents either. So this is a bad situation. Hopefully, other players will take note of this. And, you know, I know we're all guilty. I know we all have faults. I know we're, you know, we all make mistakes, but... When you're on this level, when you're in this spotlight and video surfaces like that, it's very damaging, and we see the end result. Yeah, and, and the sadness, and, and I love what you said there, Mike. I love that you said you can't forget where you came from, but you can't go back to where you were. And if that's not a true statement, I don't know what is, in, in all reality of it all. So... You know, it, it is it is sad, and it is depressing, and it, it's just um, it's just. I mean, it's a as as a Kansas City fan, it's horrible. As a Kansas City fan, it's it, it's confusing, but it's where we sit, and it's an unfortunate, but it's reality. And the bigger thing is that he's not hurting anybody in this world, and hopefully, making the world a better place now. Crazy, crazy situation in Kansas City. With that being said, we do have to get to the game, and Mike gave his side of it. The Baltimore Ravens going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Baltimore, I'll start with here, injuries, just to let anybody know anything you got to look out for. On Baltimore's side of it, Joe Flacco's hip injury has still left him questionable. Outside of that, for Kansas City, you know that Kareem Hunt's not going to be out there. Anybody else that's worth noting for Kansas City, Sammy Watkins, questionable with a foot injury, and that's it. So for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, both worth the play for you. John Brown, Willie Sneed, low-end twos, high-end threes. Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, it's hard to, to figure out which one is going to be the guy. Mark Andrews on the depth chart looks like he is the guy. He's not a bad tight end to put out there, but and because they're playing Kansas City's lack of defense, but he's a... He's a tight end two for me, a low end two. You got to play Pat Mahomes. You got to play Tyreek Hill. Spencer Ware, for those of you that put him on the roster and stashed him, good for you. Play him and Travis Kelsey. I'm picking Kansas City to get out of this one alive, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Mike, we're going to do one more game before we take our first step aside. Patriots at Dolphins. What do you have for this? 
wow, this is an interesting game. This is one of those games, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When these teams get together, you throw the records out, and it's all about that tough rivalry. And, you know, I, I looked at this game real close. Tom Brady is 7-9 and nine in Miami. He's been to that many Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken. He's been as many. He's he hasn't won more more Dolphin games than than he's been in. This is just crazy that one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is struggling against a franchise that really hasn't done anything in a long time in the Dolphins. Now, New England's favored big in this game. I think if I was if I was to wager with points involved, I would take Miami just simply because these games are usually closer than what the Vegas lines are. The Vegas line for this is seven and a half for New England. So you have to give seven and a half points. That's a lot of points at Miami, especially for Brady. I would have to go Miami. But in this game, I'm going to take the Patriots to win straight up. So it's going to be a close game. Tom Brady, number 12 quarterback on my rankings this week. Well, the other side of the ball and Ryan Tannehill, not so much. Number 22 on my rankings. Your value is at running back. And I like what the Patriots are doing. I like their in, the way they've evolved. they got two running backs who you can really start. James White more so in the PPR situation. He's number 21 in standard scoring. Knock him up to the mid-teens or so in a PPR league. And Tony Michelle is going to get a bulk of the carries. Looks like he's back for fully back from injury at number 12, bottom end RB1 for you. You know, on the other side of the ball, though, I'm not sure that they have that one guy that can really do anything. Drake's been okay, and Gore's been been spotty and injured. So, you know, I'm not really sure. I may start Drake as maybe a, a an RB3 or a flex-type kind of guy on receivers. You know, that's the other fascinating thing about New England. They don't have that one guy. One guy is developing a Josh Gordon new addition in the past couple games here. Number 22 on my rankings, Edelman. Maybe Edelman's up there. If he's healthy to play, he's about the same. Number 19 on my ranking. He's that underneath guy while Josh Gordon is the long guy. So if you're in a PPR league, Edelman is all the rage. Where if you're in a touchdown-only league, you're probably looking more toward Gordon. Rob Gronkowski, one of the top tight ends in the league of all time. Number six on my rankings this week. And on the other side of the ball, not so much. Maybe a Mike Gusecki, but I... I don't think I can count on that. Oh, and receiver-wise for Miami, I'm not sure I got a guy there. Maybe a Kenny Stills, but he checks in at number 40 on my rankings this week. So, again, I like a couple of the running backs. I like some. Of the, I like Tom Brady, of course, in this game. I'm going to take the Patriots to win in a close one. Yeah, this is one of those trap games for the Patriots going on the road and facing off against the Miami Dolphins, a team that is – not supposed to beat them, not supposed to play them hard, not supposed to have anything against them whatsoever, yet it could end up being a good game. I think it will end up being a good game and probably closer than people want it to be. So Patriots at the Dolphins, the Dolphins have bested them before, and in this situation when Miami's in Miami, anything can happen. Tom Brady, this is the time of the year where Tom gets put on the injury report. He is questionable with a knee injury in this game. And then we see Rob Gronkowski, back injury, questionable. Dwayne Allen, back injury, or knee injury, pardon me, questionable. Outside of that for the Miami Dolphins, their injury report has Kenyon Drake, questionable with a shoulder injury at running back. A.J. Derby is on injury reserve still. Danny Amendola is questionable 
with a knee injury going up against his former team. So is it questionable with a knee injury or is I don't want to play my former team? I don't know. But but kind of, I don't know. When it comes to the Patriots, I'm always looking for conspiracy theories. But if Tom Brady's healthy enough to go, which he usually is every time he's on the injury report, he's worth the play. Sony Michelle and James White, both worth the play. Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon are worth the play as well in this game. Chris Hogan is a flex guy for me. On the other side of it for Miami, Frank Gore, flex. Kenny Stills, flex. That's all I got for you. I'm picking the Patriots to win this game. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. Listen in to our great partners here in Central and Upstate New York, and then the Saints and the Bucks are up next. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcats Sports Pub in Camillus and the Penn and Trophy Center in East Syracuse in their new location on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, right by BJ's. And we are speaking with Mike Sofka, my co-host of All Fantasy Football Things, he is with us of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. And of course, myself, Dan Satora of Wake Up Call DT.com. You can check out Fantasy Football Info on both websites, and you can get free help by Mike, as well as paid opportunities and paid packages for Mike Sofka to help you out to make your team even better. And every single week on Thursdays, we look to make your teams better. 
and help you progress in your fantasy season, be it daily or inside of a league. With that being said, we're inside of the conversation of NFL Week 14. Saints and Bucks are up next. Mike, what do you have for this one? Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be a game which I look for the Saints to dominate in this game. And I think Jameis and some of the Bucks are great plays as well, just simply because they're going to have to keep airing it out to keep up with the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints in this one, even though the game's in Tampa. And I know the Saints don't play well on a road. I know Breeze doesn't play well on the road. I know all these things, but it's the Saints and it's the Bucks. So let's get real for a minute here. Drew Brees, number two quarterback, only behind Patrick Mahomes. He's going to air it out. He's going to have a fantastic day against the Bucks. And you know what? Jameis is going to have to air it out as well. And I know New Orleans' defense has improved, especially as of late with the addition of Eli Apple. And it seems that they're able to pressure the quarterback a lot more effectively with Cam Jordan. But I think Jameis is going to have to put up some numbers to keep up with the Saints. So he's the number five quarterback just simply because of the number of opportunities he's going to get this week. Running back-wise, it's not the same. Alva Kamara, number five running back on my rankings, and Mark Ingram. These guys are on the same team, number 14 running back. You know, on the other side of the ball, Peyton, Peyton Barber is just not going to be as productive or as good as those two guys are, but he might be a flex play for you maybe a low-end running back three. Receiver-wise is the difference as well. You know, uh, for for the same thing on Michael Thomas, I know he's had some down weeks recently, but, you know, all that's going to come out in the wash. And they also have Traquan Smith. He was dinged up for a couple games. I know his year has been a little bit spotty. But this is a guy that they're going to continue to count on and bring along. You're going to see the great evolution of Traquan Smith here. Look for him to be a knockout player for you next year. But as he continues to grow as an NFL player in his rookie season here, this week he's the number 30 receiver on my rankings. Now the Bucks have Mike Evans, but Mike Evans hasn't been the Mike Evans we're all used to. But this week he's going to be the number 11 receiver and not too far behind him at number 20 and 21 is Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys both these guys have an excellent relationship on the field with Jameis Winston and both of these guys seem to get it done you could do a lot worse than these guys these guys may be your daily fantasy studs this week for you and as far as uh, tight ends go Cameron Bray by default and by performance, he's a solid tight end, but no more O.J. Howard this year. Of course, number seven tight end on my rankings. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, the Saints are looking for that identity. Is it going to be the old man and Benjamin Watson? Is it going to be Josh Hill? Or is it going to be Dan Arnold? All these guys have stepped up on occasion. I don't think you can count on any of them, but the flavor of the month recently seems to be Dan Arnold, but he checks in no higher than number 24 on my ranking this week. Again, look for a shootout. Look for a ton of fantasy points on both sides of the ball, but look for the Saints to have the edge in this one. That's my pick for the win, the Saints. Did you just mention Nickelodeon's Hey Arnold on today's show? That's what I'm hearing. And he played, didn't he play football and his head was shaped like a football? There's there's a connection to this. I, I feel like we should dig deeper, Mike. Yes, I think you're onto something there, Dan. Mike Michael Thomas ankle injuries left him questionable in the game. If he's healthy to go, you know you should play him. On Tampa's side of things, uh, really quick here, as far as injuries go, Deshaun Jackson, his thumb has left him questionable. And obviously, O.J. Howard is on injured reserve, which opens the door to Cameron Brait, which has done in the last couple weeks. Drew Brees is worth the play in this matchup. 
despite the fact that the Saints are on the road. They find ways to win. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Hey, remember that time when the Saints lost? Do you remember that time? Do you remember how long ago it was that the Saints had that game? Besides the Cowboy game, 13-10, there was that streak in between where the Saints won 10 games in a row, but there was that game that they had lost, right? 48-40 to at home against the Buccaneers. It was a barn It was a barn burner, and this one's going to be a barn burner as well. Maybe not as high, but it's going to be there. The time between their first loss and their last loss from the beginning of the season to most recently, long time here, the Cowboys of all teams found a way to beat the Saints, and the Cowboys are leading their division right now, and the Cowboys are going to the playoffs right now if everything ended this way. Kind of crazy what's happening with them and how they were able to hold New Orleans down, but it makes the Jacksonville loss to the Cowboys not look as bad for Jacksonville, whose defense gave up a lot. New Orleans Saints 10-2, and and going up against the team where they scored a combined 88 points, both of them together, in the first week of the season. Drew Brees is worth the play. Alvin Kamara, as well as Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, I would say, as a two or a three wide receiver. And then with the tight ends, it's a toss-up. Out of Wisconsin, Platteville, Dan Arnold is the one that was brought up here by Mr. Mike Sofka. And Dan Arnold is the guy that had two catches for 20 yards in the most recent game. So somebody to look to. We'll see where it goes. But ultimately, Michael Thomas in the receiving game is your best bet. On Tampa's side of things, Jameis Winston's is a, is a hot no for me. I'd be surprised if Jameis Winston's still a Buccaneer after this season. Jacquez Rogers should be the guy. Should have been the guy two years ago. But they don't give him the ball. They don't trust in him. They don't give him the chances that I believe he deserves. If everybody gets hurt or somebody gets suspended, they'll consider putting him out there. But they don't give him the love. They don't say, hey, you know what? If you do your job, you're going to be all right. So Peyton Barber, he does okay. But the yardage isn't there. So I don't think any running backs worth the play from Tampa. Mike Evans, yes. Adam Humphreys, flex. Cameron Brait, that's a yes for me. But I think New Orleans is going to win this game. And I think you're going to get some good points out of your running backs, a couple of those receivers, and obviously the man they call Drew Brees. And maybe, hey, Arnold. Giants at the Redskins. What do you have for this, Mike? Yeah, I really believe that the Giants are back on the way up, even though they have a 4-6 and six record. And even though the Redskins have a 6-6 six and six record, I think they're on a way down, but that's primarily due to injuries. You know, I feel bad for Redskin fan because you had Alex Smith coming in. The defense was starting to play well. Things were starting to look good for you, even though you had some problems at receiver and running back and injuries. You overcame them. You brought in Adrian Peterson. Still didn't overcome the wide receiver injuries, but Jordan Reed's been healthy all year. And now Alex Smith breaks his leg, and then the very next week Colt McCoy breaks his leg. And now you're left with the butt fumble, Mark Sanchez. This is not a good situation. I don't need to tell you this, Redskin fan. You can't play Mark Sanchez. You can't play him this week. You can't play him ever, I don't think. He's a number 30 quarterback on my rankings this week. On the other side of the ball, I think Eli's going to have a little success. Not much, a little success. He's a number 25 quarterback on my rankings this week. 
the values in running back, Saquon Barkley, number three on my rankings. This guy's the everything. He's a beast. He can catch the ball, run the ball. He can leap over guys. He can take a hit. He can deliver a hit. He can do everything. That's why I like Saquon Barkley. Number three, there's not many guys that can do what he does consistently. And the size of this guy's legs. And you saw last week when he went down for a bit, the, the catastrophic sigh that you could hear from the sidelines of the Giants. This is their everything guy in Saquon Barkley. Adrian Peterson's been the everything guy for Washington since they decided to bring him aboard, and he's been the savior of the team. He's been the one solid guy. Even though he's been dinged up, he's playing through injuries. The old man is the number 19 running back on my ranking this week. And then receiver. This is where the big difference is. Because, well, they have Odell Beckham Jr. for the Giants. Washington, not so much. Everybody's been dinged up from a Jameson Crowder, Josh Doxson. When Maurice Harris at any one point is your best-looking receiver, you got problems. They got problems at receiver in Washington. The one problem they don't have is Jordan Reed's health. Jordan Reed's been healthy all year. Number nine tight end on my ranking this week. And I'm not sure about Evan Ingram's status this week. If he's healthy, he may be a tight end too, but he still may sit. He's questionable at this point. You may end up dealing with a Rhett Ellison, who's a number 29 tight end on my ranking. So you really can't start that guy. I'm going I'm, I'm to have to go. You know I think Washington should win this game with their injuries at quarterback. I just don't see how they do. So I'm going to take the Giants on the road in Washington with the victory. Yeah, and the, to go to injuries really quick, Evan Ingram is – questionable with a hamstring injury and then you have Sterling Shepard with a ribs injury has left him questionable as well Odell Beckham throwing touchdown passes most recently and Washington you know their defense supposed to be good they're supposed to be good at home but what are the chances that two quarterbacks on the same team break a leg in back-to-back weeks and my question is did Jay Gruden hit him on the back and go hey man Go break a leg today, and then they were like, "Thanks, coach. We did." Because I mean, I mean seriously, that's why I never tell anybody to break a leg because God forbid they do. And in the case of Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, they have broken their legs, and still, that's not good. Two broken legs is not good enough to have Colin Kaepernick. And if you have two broken neck, just go with me on this for a second here. The break a leg thing, I thought that was good. Made Mike laugh. Now roll with me on this one. Two broken legs would mean that you would be forced to kneel which is what Colin Kaepernick does on his own. And the Redskins still wouldn't pick him up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, butt fumble is better than Colin Kaepernick? I think not. He has been blackballed and kicked out of the NFL. Whether you agree or disagree with Colin Kaepernick, it's a travesty to the sport to have the players that are getting picked up at quarterback above him. Because he can't do any worse than some of the garbage that teams are going to put out there this week. Adrian Peterson's got a shoulder injury. He's questionable. He's had it all year. He's been playing through it. God bless him. Outside of that, nobody to worry about for Washington. The Giants, you play Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. Eli Manning, low-end running or quarterback, too. On the other side of it, you play Adrian Peterson. You play Chris Thompson. You play Jordan Reed because they're going to run the ball and they're going to look to pass it to the tight end in an emergency situation. I'm picking the Red or I'm picking the Giants. Pardon me to win this game. I almost said the Redskins. Picking the Giants to win this game with Mike. 
I don't think the Giants are good, but I think Washington's worse. My how the mighty have fallen. First place in the division to two broken legs and a 6-6 six and six year. They're not out of it. They're not out of it. But they most certainly are not in a position where it looks like they're going to stay in it. Colts at the Texans. Best thing that could happen for Jacksonville is that they tie. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, there's going to be some fantasy points in this one, primarily from the quarterback position. I'm going to go with the home team here. I know Andrew Luck has been hot, but he didn't look too hot last week against the Jacksonville defense that decided to play a little bit. They got blank last week, and going to Texas on the road against Houston and a defense that can rush the passer, I just don't see how they win that game, even though Andrew Luck's had some improved play here. I'm going to take the Texans at home. Listen, Andrew Luck is going to be the number nine quarterback. He's still going to put up some solid numbers, so you're okay with Andrew Luck. The difference is Deshaun Watson's going to put up some better numbers. He's the number seven quarterback on my ranking this week. Now, one of the differences in this game is that running back. Houston has the upper hand here, and I hate to say it, but Lamar Miller is the upper hand in this game, primarily because Marlon Mack, who's had improved play lately, has been dinged up. I got Lamar Miller checking in at number 13 on my rankings, where I got a Marlon Mack, if he's able to take the field at questionable, as a number 26 running back on my rankings. Of course, Naeem Hines would get a bump, especially in a PPR format, if Marlon Mack wasn't able to go. So make sure you check the late injury reports deandre hopkins top receiver on the field number four receiver on my rankings this week against the colts and not far behind him at 12 is ty hilton a primary target for andrew luck who's had some improvement in his game recently as well so you know even though that the colts look a lot better it's just a big task for them to go into houston if they are going to have success in Houston, the guy that's going to lead that is Eric Ebron. This is a guy who's been able to do things differently since he left Detroit. They're putting him on jet sweeps, letting him run the ball. He's a touchdown machine. He's a yardage monster. Jack Doyle's gone, so there's no more split time. Eric Ebron, number three tight end on my rankings. So that's nothing to, to, to sneeze at there. And on the other side of the ball for, for Houston, you know, they had those young guys at tight end. Didn't know who was going to step up. Was it going to be a Jordan Atkins? Was it going to be a, a young Ryan Griffin? Jordan Thomas looks like the answer. He's the number 19 tight end on my ranking this week. So I like this game. There's going to be some fantasy points and spots. I'm anxious to watch this game. I think it's going to be interesting. But I have to go with the Texans at home. Yeah, you know, and, and I find this interesting. And I want to just go back to the Redskins for a second. After the domestic violence accusation came out, the Niners released Reuben Foster, who the Redskins picked up, but wouldn't work out Colin Kaepernick. I'm just saying. And Adrian Peterson is on the team, too, with his own domestic violence. I'm just saying. Colts at the Texans, though. It's just crazy how some things happen inside of the world of sports, and this is okay, but this isn't okay. doesn't make any sense. The Colts are playing up against the Texans. The Colts are on the road. Andrew Luck's look, Andrew Luck, I was at the game, Jacksonville and, and Indianapolis, and Andrew Luck, you know, top four, top five quarterback in the country numbers-wise, this and that. Some people thinking he's MVP status. I don't think it's going to anybody but Drew Brees. But Andrew Luck, one of those guys that's 
got shut down by the Jaguars. Jaguars lost 29-26 to in Indianapolis. They wanted revenge. They got it. They made him look bad. Sacked him three times. Did not throw a touchdown pass. Andrew Luck in this game, quarterback two. Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, flex guys. T.Y. Hilton is worth the play. Got banged up a little bit in the Jaguars game, so just watch that. And Eric Ebron, he got banged up too, so watch him, but he's still a low-end tight end one for me in this matchup for the Colts against the Texans. On the other side of it, Deshaun Watson, quarterback two, high-end quarterback two. I don't think he's worth the play. I think you have a lot better talent and opportunity out there for you fantasy-wise, but he's not a bad quarterback in this situation. I just am not high on him in this game. I don't like any of the running backs per always in ten, in, uh, with the Texans lately. And then DeAndre Hopkins, he's worth the play in this. Demarius Thomas, still a flex guy in my in my opinion. And then, you know, the tight end situation is another toss-up type of thing, as Mike mentioned, Jordan Thomas. So I feel best about DeAndre Hopkins for the Houston Texans, and I'm going with Houston. Bengals at the 49ers, Mike, what do you have for this? Yeah, well, this is a, a tale of two different teams going in two different directions. I like the Chargers a lot. They looked really good the other week with, uh, you know, going into Pittsburgh and beating Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was a come from behind, but, you know, I, I, I had a good feeling. I think I even said last week that they were going to win that game. So I like the Chargers. I like Phillip Rivers a lot. He's number four quarterback up against the reeling Cincinnati defense that's been going backwards. They're just they're regressing, and you can't regress in this league. You have to get better each day, and it's just not working. And on the other side of the ball, Jeff Driscoll's not the answer, not against a surging Charger defense. And and it's an on-the-road game, too, for Cincinnati. So, you know, L.A.'s going to have the luxury of being at home. I, I just don't see Cincinnati winning this game in any shape, form, or fashion. I'm definitely going with the Chargers. And they're going to be led by the rushing attack of Austin Eckler. I know Melvin Gordon's back to questionable instead of out. And there's questions whether he's going to play this week. Don't believe it. I think the Chargers feel good with where they're at. They were going to sit him in that game where he got injured because he's been dinged up. And they didn't, and he got further injured. So I think now they're going to make sure he's going to be good for the playoff run. They're a big favorite in this game. No reason why Austin Eckler can't handle it. Number 17 running back on my rankings this week. Joe Mixon, a little bit better on a running back side, but he plays for the worst of the two teams. Joe Mixon, number 11 running back on my rankings this week. And then uh, I'm trying to find the receiver for Cincinnati. A.J. Green's not there. Tyler Boyd's been okay. He's been solid, but not this week. He's a number 24 option for us at wide receiver. And on the other side of the ball, well, they have a different situation. They have Keenan Allen, number five wide receiver. And Mike Williams has been stepping it up recently, number 35 or a wide receiver three or flex option for you. Tight end-wise, this is a little bit of a difference as well. You know, Cincinnati... I'm going to go with a C.J. Uzuma simply because he's the guy due to injuries, but he's been performing okay. He's been performing at tight end two, bottom end, tight end one numbers all year, so just understand what you're getting there. And then on the other side there, I'm, I just really don't see it. I really don't see a, a tight end worth rostering 
maybe if you're in a touchdown-only league and Antonio Gates may show up with a touchdown against a porous Cincinnati defense. Antonio Gates, number 16 on my rankings for tight ends this week. I think this game is going to be all Chargers early, middle, and late. I'm taking the Chargers in this one. And pardon me here for saying Bengals at Niners, Bengals at the Chargers in this game, and Cincinnati – as far as their injuries go, you obviously know about A.J. Green being out, but outside of that, anything noteworthy here for you, Joe Mixon's foot injury has left him questionable. Josh Malone at wide receiver has a hamstring injury, which is something else that you have to watch, and obviously Andy Dalton is going to be out of this thing as well. So a, a very tough road for this team, unfortunately, with what, what they have going on. I mean, this Cincinnati Bengals offense – is not in good shape by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, they weren't in the best shape even beforehand and before all this went down. So for Cincinnati, that is their injuries on their side. And then on the other side, for the Chargers in this matchup, to let you know really quick here, the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, knee MCL is still left him questionable. He didn't practice on Wednesday of this week. So just watch that and see where that takes him. Not a big fan of Cincinnati's Jeff Driscoll and Tom Savage at quarterback. Joe Mixon, he's playing the Chargers. I'd probably leave him off the board. Maybe he's a flex. Tyler Boyd is your best bet, but it's Jeff Driscoll throwing to him. So that leaves a question mark with Tyler Boyd. Lowers his 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 kind of stock a little bit here, in my opinion. So I would say that Tyler Boyd's a, a wide receiver, two at this point, maybe a three. Phillip Rivers on the other end, I like him. Austin Eckler, I like him in this game. Melvin Gordon, monitor it if he can play. I like him in this. It's just how much he'll play. They obviously want to protect him for their run in the playoffs, hopefully. Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams, I think, are worth the play. They're low-end wide receiver twos, maybe high-end threes. And Virgil Green, not a bad option in this one because of who they're playing. So look to Virgil Green to maybe get you some points for the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. And like Mike said, he picked the Chargers to beat the Steelers, and so did I this past week. Broncos at the 49ers, Mike. What do you have for this one? Wow, this is a game that has people reeling, especially since yesterday, late in practice, after practice, as a matter of fact, running some additional routes. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders ruptures his Achilles tendon, and that's just a devastating injury. Coming back from a ruptured Achilles, you usually never have the same explosiveness or speed, timing, cuts, all that stuff is huge when you're a receiver. So, you know, Godspeed Emmanuel Sanders leading the team in just about every receiving category. I think he had 71 catches. You just don't replace that, especially when you just departed with a Demarius Thomas, especially when your number one pick in Royce Freeman isn't getting it done. So there's a lot of questions in this game. The game's being played in San Fran. Denver's favored to win this game. But I'm going to take Sam Fran with the upset here. I'm going to take the 2-10 and 10 team over the 6-6 six and six team. Let me break this down for you. Quarterback-wise, well, Nick Mullins is Nick Mullins. He's, he's not Patrick Mahomes, okay? But he's been functional. I can't count on this guy to help me into the playoffs or help me through the first round of the playoffs. Number 27 quarterback on my ranking. On the other side of the field, well, I'm not sure that the Broncos – are much better off at quarterback. I mean, look, it, it looks like the Case Keenum thing just isn't working out. I I, I can't blame it all on Case Keenum. I, I, it's mostly 
what we've talked about in the past with what John Elway's decisions with the roster have made it tough on Case Keenum. It's It was tough on Case Keenum when he got there. We all knew Case Keenum wasn't the savior, but he was a solid quarterback that they were able to draw in there. Case Keenum, number 23 quarterback on my rankings. Some of the difference may be at running back. And I like this kid. Remember this name if you're going to play daily this week because I think Matt Breda is still dinged up. Jeff Wilson, one of the hottest pickups out there, comes in at number 23 on my rankings. This is a guy, especially in PPR, you can bump up to the mid-teens. Get you some Jeff Wilson in daily, save yourself some money, and win yourself some money playing daily by rostering Jeff Wilson this week. Now on the other side of the ball, well, you know, you got what you got. Denver has Philip Lindsay, who's been outperforming everybody, the undrafted free agent, number seven on my rankings. Royce Freeman, not so much, but Royce Freeman seems to make David Lind- uh, Philip Lindsay better. He seems to take the pressure off him a little bit. So I like the combination there. It's just I can't start Royce Freeman. I can start Philip Lindsay, though. You look at receivers, of course you want to look at, you know, the old man. The, the, the guys that are getting it done, but there really isn't an old man. There really isn't a guy getting it done. I'm not sure who I can put out there. Is it a Marquise Goodwin? Is he going to be healthy enough to make something happen? Is it, uh, uh, it going to be a Dante Pettis? I don't think I can roster any of these guys simply because it's going to be a tremendous surprise. One of them's probably going to step up this week, but I can't put my fantasy season on it, if that makes any sense. Receiver-wise... Those of you who were smart, as soon as you heard about the Emmanuel Sanders injury, you knew Cortland Sutton was going to be the man. I'm not sure he's a solid number one yet as a rookie. He's going to take a lot of the a lot of the targets. But some of you were smart and went out and picked up the Sean Hamilton. That's another name you may want to tuck away there for this week and next. Deshaun Hamilton's your best bet to show up. Maybe a Tim Patrick in that role. You know, tight end wise, Matt Lacoste is a guy that's been filling in stepped up lately i can't i can't start that guy i can't put my season on that but on the other side of the ball are they much better are they much better yes they're much better it's george kittle of course they're much better number four tight end on my rankings this week i think that's the key to the victory is george kittle and jeff wilson and i'm gonna pick sam fran in the upset over the broncos whoa it's going to be a good one, though. I'm excited for this. The Denver Broncos, contenders are pretenders. Every time you want to say they're not, they they turn out to be the other. So, Philip Lindsay, definitely worth the play in this. Speedy running back for the Denver Broncos. I like him in this game. Cortland Sutton has emerged as the number one guy. Cortland Sutton's my guy. He's from SMU. I covered him while he was at Southern Methodist for the Mustangs down in Texas. So, I have a lot of respect for him. Emmanuel Sanders is gone and well, um, injured on injury reserve. Demarius Thomas is gone, gone. So now it has to be Cortland Sutton. I said he would get his time. He would get his feet wet and be, you know, and, and I, you know, the future looks bright for a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. But the, or pardon me, for uh, Cortland Sutton. But the future is now because now he has to step up. He has to be the guy. He is the number one. On the other side of it, Matt Breda will not play in this game at running back. He's been hampered by injury, and so has their entire running back crew. Jarek McKinnon, Raheem Mostert are on injured reserve. 
and Matt Breda is hurt this week for the Niners. But Cortland Sutton is worth the play in this one. And, folks, he's probably out there, and he's probably available, and he's not a bad pickup for a wide receiver three or a flex guy for you. I like Cortland Sutton in the game. I like Phillip Lindsay in the game, obviously. And on the other side of things for the San Fran, Nick Mullins has been serviceable. He hasn't been that bad. But if you're going to ask me who I'd put out in the game, it would be George Kittle, tight end of the Niners, Nobody else I feel that great about. But how about Matt Days gets an opportunity now? So two of my guys that I covered, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for Denver from SMU, Matt Days, running back for San Fran from NC State, both have an opportunity to make a splash late in the season in a game like this. And I'm excited to watch both of these gentlemen. Cortland Sutton, I think, is worth the play in this. Like I said, a three or a flex. Phillip Lindsay is the best on both sides, and George Kittle for the Niners, I'm going to pick the Broncos in this one. Eagles at the Cowboys. Mike, what do you have for this? Wow, the defending Super Bowl champs going into Dallas here. And the defending Super Bowl champs haven't been playing like Super Bowl champs all year. They've been body, they've been inconsistent, they've been small on defense, they've had some challenges and injuries at running back, they brought in. They're trying things. I like what they're doing in Philadelphia by trying things. They brought in Golden Tate. You know what? The bottom line is it's not going to be enough against that Dallas defense. That Dallas defense is much improved. They can really pressure the quarterback. Quarterback is a position that both teams seem to be not cutting the mustard at. Carson went number 19 on my ranking this week. And Dak Prescott, number 16, not much better. So you're not going to have tremendous value there. Josh Adams, running back for Philadelphia, the surprise recently. He's been dinged up. He's a number 28 running back on my rankings. This is where the difference is, and this is where the value is. Ezekiel Elliott, number one running back on my rankings this week. Whether it's PPR, whether it's standard scoring, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the man. He's going to put up big numbers this week. When you're looking at receivers, Dallas really hasn't had that one guy to step up until Amari Cooper got there. Amari Cooper has made everybody else around him better. He's been just what the doctor ordered for Dallas. He's a number 15 receiver on my rankings this week. Now, Philadelphia's got Alshon Jeffrey. He hasn't been performing that well, and he's been dinged up a little bit, but he's a number 31 receiver on my rankings this week. And Golden Tate is going to open things up a little bit if he's healthy enough to play, but he's not much better than Alshon Jeffrey at number 39. The difference is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, number two tight end on my ranking, behind only Travis Kelsey. In Dallas, well, they're still looking for that identity at tight end, whether it's going to be Rico Gathers, Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. It's spotty. It's all of a sudden there's a guy for eight yards, and he's the leading tight end of the day. It's ridiculous with the tight end position ever since Jason Witten's no longer there. I'm going to have to say again that the Eagles are not going to get it done in Dallas. Dallas defense is going to be the big winner in this game, so make sure you play them or pick them up if you're looking for a defense. If you stream defense, which is real popular, Dallas is definitely a defense you want to pick up this week along with Buffalo. I'm going to take Dallas at home in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on this one too, and I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys in this matchup to win the game over their longtime rival, Eagles. The Eagles just don't look good. That hangover from the Super Bowl is way too crazy. I mean, it's way too. I mean, th- th- this is a team that you would think had shed everybody and moved on. They haven't. 
They got a lot of the same players. It's just not working out for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's been ugly. Dare I say that the Dallas Cowboys are in first place right now, but there's still an opportunity. There's still an opportunity for for multiple teams to make a splash in this one because the NFC East is by no way, shape, or form decided. If it happened today, the Dallas Cowboys are 7-5 and five and they're at the top. But outside of that, Philadelphia 6-6, six six, they fought back. Washington 6-6, six six, the Giants are 4-8. and eight. Here's the thing. Philadelphia wins this game. All of a sudden, it's a division again, and it's a race again. This happened a couple weeks ago for Thanksgiving when the Cowboys played the Redskins. Redskins in first place. Cowboys flipped with them and took first place. Now Philadelphia has the opportunity to flip the script here. I just don't think they're going to do it. Injury report-wise for Philadelphia, Josh Adams, yet another running back that's injured for the team. Questionable with a shoulder injury for this game. Outside of that, for the Dallas Cowboys, injury-wise for them, you're looking at Jeff Swaim, tight end with a wrist injury. He's out for the game. Tavon Austin's questionable with a groin injury at the wide receiver position and returner and whatnot. So for Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, to me, he's worth the play in this one. The running backs, Corey Clement has found his way all the way down the depth chart. Darren Sproles is still there. Wendell Smallwood has done nothing. I don't like the running backs in this one. So it would be Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey. An outside look at Nelson Aguilar and Zach Ertz is still worth a number one play for you at tight end. For the Dallas Cowboys, it's Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper opens it up for Michael Gallup and Cole Beasley, so they're flex guys for you. And I I really do like a a bunch more players since Amari Cooper has come to the Cowboys. It's funny how Jerry Jones made the decision to get rid of his number one, Des Bryant, and you thought he's got to be crazy. I thought he was nuts to not go and get anybody else. And somehow, some way, it played right into his hands that Amari Cooper was available. Oakland was listening, and Dallas was still in the running for the division. So now it looks like Jerry Jones was a genius, or at least in his mind, he's a genius. I'm picking the Cowboys to win this game. Steelers at the Raiders before we take our final fast break. What do you have, Mike? Yeah, the Raiders are just a wreck. It's just a train wreck. I don't really see much value in in anybody. I'm going to take the Steelers on the road to win this game. Basically, if you have Steelers starting, if you have Oakland Raiders, well, you're probably not in the playoffs or don't have a chance in the playoffs, so don't start any of those guys. Pretty much is how it's going to go. Ben Roethlisberger, number three quarterback on my rankings this week. Derek Carr, number 26, so not so much. Running back-wise, the smart move was Jalen Samuel. If anybody's out there and you're hurting for a running back or tight end in Yahoo formats and Jalen Samuels is still available, you want to jump on him right now. He was a big waiver pickup this week. Looks like James Conner is going to be out this week and maybe additional time. Jalen Samuels, number 18 running back on my rankings, and he might even get a bump up in PPR from that. So definitely an RB2 type numbers from a guy that most people don't even know who this rookie is. You know, you, you look on Oakland's side, Oakland, you want to say, well, okay, Marshawn Lynch is hurt. They got Doug Martin. Well, now Doug Martin's hurt. He might not make the game. They just signed C.J. Anderson. He may be the best back on the field that they have, and they just signed him. Jalen Richard looked, looked for him to get a good share, and DeAndre Washington as well. But you can't start any of those guys, even in a flex position. Receiver-wise for Oakland, you can't start any of those guys, even Jordy Nelson. I can't flex Seth Roberts or any of those. I can't flex a Marcel Aitman. 
The one guy I can count on for Oakland is a Jared Cook. He's the primary receiver. He's the guy that makes the plays. He's the number five tight end on my rankings this week. And for Pittsburgh, well, Antonio Brown, of course, number one wide receiver on my rankings. And Juju Smith, number nine wide receiver on my rankings. So two are two wide receiver ones on that team. I like the way they're bringing James Washington along as well. And tight end wise, you got to go with Vance McDonald, number nine tight end on my rankings this week for Oakland. I mean, for Pittsburgh, these are the, you know, if you have Pittsburgh guys, play them. If you have Oakland guys, don't play them, except for Jared Cook. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this game big. Yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh in this matchup as well. I don't think that there's going to be any uh, issue for Pittsburgh. Shouldn't be any issue for Pittsburgh to win this matchup. Injuries really quick here before we take our final fast break of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora for this show. James Conner, obviously Mike said it. He's out with an ankle injury that was more serious than they thought. Ryan Switzer has a concussion. He's questionable. He's been a full participant in practice most recently here, so should be good to go. And Eli Rogers still on the PUP list for Pittsburgh. As far as Oakland goes in the matchup, the Oakland Raiders have on their injury report really nobody that you have to be worried about the guys that are on injury reserve are still on injury reserve outside of that there's nothing so in this matchup Ben Roethlisberger Jalen Samuels Antonio Brown Juju Smith-Schuster Vance McDonald all worth the play Jesse James I still think is second to Vance McDonald no matter what the depth chart says on the other side of it Doug Martin never been sold on him Jalen Richard's done some good things in the past. Jordy Nelson hasn't done anything. Marcel Aitman, raise your hand if you know him. He's from Oklahoma State, drafted in the seventh round of this year. Jared Cook is your best bet for the Oakland Raiders, and I don't think it's going to be a good one. I just think it might be something for you at tight end. I'm picking the Steelers. We'll take a step aside for a fast break and be right back to wrap up today's Fantasy Football Power Hour with Mike Sofka inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. 
It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And we go outside of the show sometimes when we're showing that love where love is due. We're extending it out to you because we under-promise and over-deliver. That's how you do it. We give you what we can, and then we break forward from there and do even more. So we thank you for everything that you've done to listen into the show and be a part of it. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com joins me in the second hour of every Thursday broadcast for the Fantasy Football Power Hour. In and out of season, fantasy never goes away, and I'm always happy to have Mike on the broadcast. Lions at the Cardinals are up next for Week 14, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, and the Penn and Trophy Center is this fantasy football advice. Mike, what do you have for this one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, both teams underperforming all year long. Detroit surprising some folks at times, but they've been marred with injuries. They traded away one of their best players. But I'm still going to take Detroit on the road against Arizona, even though I'm about to explain another deficiency in Detroit. Do you realize that since they traded Golden Tate, Matt Stafford has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns? I don't know if there's any correlation there, but it's an interesting stat. Matt Stafford, number 24 quarterback on my rankings this week. On the other side of the ball, well, Josh Rosen's a rookie quarterback still. You know, he's just not getting it done, and, you know, he doesn't have a lot of pieces around him, so he's not a guy you can start. He's the number 31 quarterback on my rankings this week. The one guy you'd want him to rely on is carry on Johnson, but he's dinged up and questionable. Not sure if he's going to take the field. As a matter of fact, I don't think he is going to take the field. So I think that's going to leave a, a committee of Theo Reddick and LeGarrette Blunt again. I think LeGarrette Blunt's going to get a lion's share to touch us. Theo Reddick is the guy you want in PPR, though, but either one of those guys are nothing more than a three, maybe a running back three flex type thing for you this week. And receiver-wise, Kenny Galladay is going to be the leading receiver again for Detroit. He's the number 18 receiver on my rankings this week. The old man, Larry Fitzgerald, the guy you're going to need to count on, but he's number 28 on my rankings this week. The guy they're really going to rely on is David Johnson, the number nine running back on my rankings. And in PPR, you can even knock him up a, a notch or two, uh, you know, maybe five or six on the rankings. You know, I'm looking at at uh, tight ends, and well, I'm not sure that Ricky Seals Jones is the answer. And and for Detroit, well, they got my favorite guy, who showed out big time last week, and Levine Toilolo, the rapper. <laughs> Toilolo had a big game last week. Look for him to try to capitalize on that. I'm not saying he's going to get tight end one production. But he may surprise us this week with a touchdown and some yardage. I'm going to take Detroit on the road in Arizona in this one. 
Toy Lolo, baby. Doing what he does. You're taking Detroit on the road in this match. You see, the Arizona Cardinals, they're not a bad team. They're just, you know, you got a new coach, you got a new quarterback, and you're trying to figure things out. You have the changing of the guard. You have David Johnson, whose overall numbers don't look bad by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're a fantasy owner, you're saying, what the hell has he done for me? But David Johnson this season, that's the crazy thing about it. David Johnson, as running back for the Arizona Cardinals this year, has 761 yards on the ground, which is not too shabby, but he's only 3.7 yards a carry, six touchdowns this year. That's all he has this season. So David Johnson is definitely, after signing that big contract, which seems to happen, signs a big contract, and then all of a sudden the numbers go down a little bit here. So something to watch. Kenny Galladay is questionable with a quad injury for the Detroit Lions. Matt Stafford has a back injury. He's left him questionable. Carrion Johnson's knee injury held him out of practice on Wednesday. He's questionable as well. On the other side of it for the Arizona Cardinals at home, the Cardinals have Christian Kirk on injured reserve that's happened recently. Outside of that, nothing to be worried about. Christian Kirk obviously needs some more time to get his legs there. Carrion Johnson, if he's good enough to play... I would consider him in this game. LeGarrette Blunt, I would consider in the game as well. To put out there is flex guys, low-end running backs, but still worth the play. If Kenny Galladay is good to go, he's the one you have to play at wide receiver. Levine Toilolo, not a bad play at tight end. I still have him as a tight end too, but he's playing the Cardinals, so not a bad bet for them, or for him, I should say. For Arizona side of things, you got to play David Johnson. you got to consider playing Larry Fitzgerald because they're playing the Lions. And outside of that, really nobody that I like here. I'm going to take the Cardinals at home. Mike's taking the Lions on the road. So we got Lions. We got Bears. We got a little bit of oh my. The Rams are playing at the Bears. You would think this game would suck. But the Rams are really good, and they're vying for a place in the Super Bowl. And there's that team, the Chicago Bears. They're really good, too, and they're leading the NFC North, and they don't want people to count them out. The best thing that ever happened to the Bears was John Gruden becoming the head coach of the Oakland Raiders because he let Khalil Mack go to the Chicago Bears for a couple picks. Sunday night football is Rams at Bears. Mike, what do you have for this? Yeah, it's a good one. I can't wait to watch this one because of the Bears' defense and the difference that Khalil Mack has made. Plus, Mitch Trubisky should be coming back for this one if Mitch Trubisky is back in this one. He's a guy that checks in as the number 15 quarterback on my rankings. If we go with Chase McDaniel, well, not so much. On the other side of the ball, everybody's talking about Jared Goff. Oh, it's a cold-weather game. It might snow. It's going to be freezing. The Chicago defense, Jared Goff, Southern California guy, doesn't play well. Stop. Look at the weapons around this guy. Look at what he's been able to do. Look at how he has progressed from his rookie season. Look what the difference the coach has made. You don't think the coach knows these things? He's the number 10 quarterback on my rankings this week. Jared Goff is not going to fall off this much. And for the record, I am going to go with the Rams on the road in Chicago in the cold on Sunday night. The Rams are going to continue to dominate. They're going to continue to put up numbers, led by Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, the number two running back on my rankings. And on the other side of the ball, well, it's mostly Tariq Cohen. I mean, I don't think you can really count on Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen, though, only the number 27 ranked running back on my rankings this weekend. You can bump him up a little bit, maybe do a RB2 status at, you know, in, uh, in PPR, but Tariq Cohen's the guy who's dominating the carries and the targets 
as Jordan Howard seems to be falling out of favor and down the list. He's number 31 on my running back rankings this week. And, you know, on the other side of the ball there, going back to running back, here's a guy you might want to pick up because Malcolm Brown just ended his season. He's on IR. John Kelly. There's a name not many people are going to know, but if you're making a run in the playoffs here and you got some some room on the bench, that may be a guy to pick up. What happens if Gurley goes down? Well, you know, and Gurley can't get all the touches. He's going to get most of them. So John Kelly, a guy you should consider rostering and putting on your bench until the time is needed. Wide receiver, you know, I got both receivers, and I say both receivers, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, ranked 13 and 14 respectively this week. For Chicago, well, not so much. You know, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, None of these guys really do anything for me. One of these guys could step up at any moment. It's probably going to be Anthony Miller, the number 32 wide receiver, but I can't count on that. I I don't even know if I can count on Trey Burton anymore. Trey Burton didn't even score really last week, but he is the number 13 tight end on my ranking. They're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with the Rams. They're going to have to throw it to somebody, and he seems to be the favorite gadget play guy and the favorite red zone guy. You know, and on the other side of the ball for for the Rams, they really don't have that dominant guy. They really don't have that solid tight end. Maybe a Gerald Everett is the guy you can count on there, but only if you're a Ram fan. I wouldn't roster that guy even. So I think the Rams are going to win this game in a dominant fashion. I think the Bears are going to try to pressure them, but I think they're gonna, the Rams offense and I think the coaching staff is going to be smart enough to use Chicago's speed at pressuring the quarterback against them. You do that by running right at the blitz, and you do that with some gadget plays that allow them and screens that allow them to penetrate but then not get anything out of that penetration at the quarterback. I look for the Rams to win big. Yeah, I got the Rams in this one as well. Kind of an interesting fact. Josh Reynolds and Farrell Cooper, both wide receivers for the Rams, they were both drafted in the fourth round, 117th overall, a year apart from each other. Farrell Cooper in 2016, Josh Reynolds in 2017 from South Carolina and Texas A&M, respectively. Just to say it, thought it was cool. Jared Goff, I don't think he's a bad play in this game. Low-end quarterback, one high-end two to me. Todd Gurley's obviously worth the play. I like the John Kelly pickup that Mike was talking about to stash on your roster. Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods are the guys to go with. Josh Reynolds isn't a bad flex guy if you got to go deep. Tyler Higby is not a bad play as well, although I do think that he is a low-end tight end too. Mitch Trubisky is not on the injury report right now. Really nobody on the injury report for either side. So if Mitch is good to go, he's a quarterback too. Tariq Cohen, I would take over Jordan Howard. I think he's shown that the last few weeks. He's worth the play. Jordan Howard is lower on the totem pole. Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton are your best two bets in the receiving especially if Mitchell Trubisky is going to be out there playing. Anthony Miller has been injured most recently. He's somebody to watch, but Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton are the guys. I'm going to go with the Rams in this one, Sunday Night Football. And finally, Mike, Vikings at the Seahawks for Monday night. What do you have for this one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to be forced to take the 12th man in Seattle. I like Minnesota, but I got to take Seattle at home. You know, you're not going to get a ton of points out of this game, but if you're, if you're smart, you'll be able to pick where the points are from. And if you guess correctly, you should have a big week. And, and let me expand on that. Russell Wilson, number 14 quarterback on my ranking this week, hasn't had a typical Russell Wilson year, but should be able to do enough to win in this game. 
you know, you go to the other side of the ball and you look at the Vikings and, and you're like, well, I don't know if I can make the same claim there with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been playing well. And he's the number 17 quarterback on my rankings this week. But the Minnesota defense isn't the Minnesota defense of old. So he should be ranked a little bit higher just simply because of his own struggles this year. And some of those struggles have been added a running back situation. Dalvin Cook dinged up a lot. Dalvin Cook, number 16 running back on my rankings. He should be back to almost full health here. And in a PPR situation, you can even bump him up a little bit higher than that. On the other side of the ball, they got Chris Carson. He runs with he's a ferocious runner. He can he can run between the tackles. He can run with speed outside. The guy that's opening things up for him though is the other running back. In the recent weeks, Rashad Penny. I think that makes Chris Carson a better running back. Gives them that one-two punch. You don't have to put everything on Carson's shoulders. And a Mike Davis even jumps in there. But you know, I think for fantasy purposes, you want to count on Chris Carson, number twenty-two running back on my rankings this week. And you know what? I'm looking at receiver, and Tyler Lockett's actually outperforming Doug Baldwin. Tyler Lockett's ranked higher for me this week as well. Tyler Lockett's more like a wide receiver two to maybe a three, and Doug Baldwin's maybe a three to a flex. And tight end-wise, maybe it's Nick Vanette, maybe it's Egg Dixon. I can't roster any of those guys. I can't count on those guys to get me to the next round. The one guy you can count on, you can't count on any more for Minnesota at tight end. Kyle Rudolph, he's having a very subpar year. Number 15 tight end on my rankings. Some people say, hey, that's okay. This is the guy that's normally in the top five. He's not having a good year. The guys that are having the good years on Minnesota, though, are, are Stephon Diggs and, of course, Adam Thielen. Now, these guys have flip-flopped, and one's been better than the other. And last year it was all Diggs, and Thielen was on the, on the up, and now it's all Thielen, and, and Diggs is starting to surge back a little bit. Adam Thielen, number eight wide receiver, and Stephon Diggs, number 16 wide receiver on my rankings this week. I'm going to have to take Seattle at home. Should be a close game, and I think the 12th man is the edge. Yeah, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good matchup between these two teams. And to look at the injury reports really quick here, uh, Minnesota first. Nobody to be concerned with on Minnesota that you don't already know has been off or on injured reserve. For Seattle, Trey Madden, their fullback, which could affect their running game, he has a chest injury, is questionable. Chris Carson has a finger injury, has left him questionable at running back. Outside of that, nobody to be too concerned with. So in this matchup, starting with Minnesota, I think Kirk Cousins is worth the play, but he's a quarterback too because of, because he's playing against the 12th man, and I think there's going to be some toughness to that. I think he's going to get you some points, just may not be as prolific, may not be a 40-point guy in this one. Delvin Cook is worth the play. Adam Th- He's a running back too, though. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are worth putting out there. Kyle Rudolph as well. Adam Thielen, arguably the best running, the best wide receiver in the country right now on Seattle's side of things. Russell Wilson is worth the play in this matchup because the big-time Monday night matchup, I think he plays up for these games. Chris Carson, if he's healthy to go, is someone to consider. I still put him at a flex. Tyler Lockett has moved up the depth chart to number one. Lockett's not a bad guy. Kansas State drafted in the third round back in 2015, 69th overall. He's worth the play in this one as a wide receiver, too. And Doug Baldwin, I would leave him... Probably off of my list, and Nick Vin- Nick Vanette, 
Uh, Vanette, I, I would consider him a tight end too for this matchup. It's hard to go against the 12th man, but I'm going to do it and pick the Vikings in this one. Mike and I have disagreed on five games, and there's eight games that separate Mike's first place from my second place. So we'll see if I can catch up this week. And as always, I appreciate having him on. HallofameFantasyFootball.com is where you go. Mike Sofka is there 24-7, 365 for you. So make sure you go there and utilize his services. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. And the offer is still open for you to come and shovel my driveway today. <laughs> All right, I'm on my way. I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops. I'll be there shortly. Sounds good, man. I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, thanks. <laughs> Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. Appreciate it. Appreciate it so very much for all of you to do what you do and be a part of what you're a part of. Thank you so much for being a part of the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Thank you to the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, where we go once a month with the West Genesee Wildcats. We also, at the end of every month, on the final Thursday of every month, have CNY Game Show Night and love being there and doing whatever we can to help out the Wildcat, Danny and Heather Tome, Nikki, Bree, I, you know, Zeke, everybody that works there. Shane, thank you so much for all your love and support. And I also want to thank the Penn and Trophy Center over five decades of serving the Central and Upstate New York community. They can serve you wherever you are by going to PennandTrophy.com and placing an order, ship it out to you. You can also go to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, and you can call them at 315-422-8797. They make our fantasy football trophies every year, our mini Lombardi for the champion, and our toilet bowl for last place, 315-422-8797. Thank you so much to them. Thank you to all of my guests today, to Papa Joe, Katie Kalinske, and Mike Sofka. Have yourselves a great Thursday, and I'll talk to you very soon on Friday's broadcast, the Annoying Moment of the Week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt, starts off the Friday broadcast. Significant sound bites at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time will feature a trio of Syracuse Orange men's basketball players, those players being Elijah Hughes, Buddy Bayheim, and Robert Braswell. And then we'll get into Friday Morning Live with Jordan and John Newman, FML, your late-night talk show in the morning, embedded inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora and brought to you on video and audio, always here on MixLR.com backslash DT Monday through Friday. And out, and on Friday, we go a little bit past 11 o'clock. You can continue to listen on MixLR and watch on video starting at 10 a.m. every Friday on Facebook.com backslash DT. So, with that being said, find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, and God bless each and every single one of you. 24 7 on WakeUpCallDT.com and over a thousand shows on WakeUpCallDT.podbean.com. Have yourselves a beautiful, wonderful day. God bless you as always, and I can't wait to speak with you soon.